time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker studio here in Sevierville, Tennessee. The topic of lies is queued up in the rotation this week. Before we discuss how the government that hates us and their useful idiots are redefining words and terms and the lies they tell us every day, I would like to plug the campaign again, as well as the Tennessee Freedom Summit hosted by Brandon Lewis and the Tennessee Conservative. We'll talk about the latter first, the Tennessee Freedom Summit. On August 19th and 20th, there will be a gathering of Tennessee's most influential conservatives in media, policy, advocacy, and activism. As I mentioned previously, Brandon Lewis and the Tennessee Conservative is hosting the event in Nashville later this month. Some of the confirmed speakers are true powerhouses in the conservative movement. Some of those speaking at the event are Tennessee State Representative Dennis Powers, Tennessee State Senator Janice Bowling, Robin Steenman of Moms for Liberty, Tennessee's anchorman Alex Abernathy, former Minnesota Congresswoman and current candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives District 63, Lori Cardoza Moore, Tony Venable from Americans for Prosperity, Gary Humble of Tennessee Stands and the current candidate for Tennessee Senate District 27, running against Jack Johnson, as well as many others. The event kicks off with a welcome reception mixer Friday evening from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. The mixer will be held at Bold Patriot Brewing, 410 39th Avenue North. There will be heavy appetizers and various drink selections there. Saturday the morning, the summit starts off with some great general sessions from 9 a.m. to noon at the Hilton Garden Inn, located at 305 Korean Veterans Boulevard. From noon to 1.15, there will be a catered networking lunch. The general sessions with the fabulous conservative speakers resumes after lunch until Brandon closes out the summit roughly around 4.30 p.m. To get more information about the event, check it out on the web at TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. Again, TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. Sadly, I will be unable to attend this in person, but there's a virtual option available that I'm going to take advantage of. Many of the listeners will remember that I attended last year's Freedom Summit, and it was fantastic. This summit will let you know that as conservatives, we are not alone, even though we feel that way sometimes, especially with our current crop of elected representatives in the General Assembly. At the summit, you will meet hundreds of like-minded patriots, fellow Tennesseans that want to move our state in a more conservative direction. You will walk away with new connections, a wealth of information, but more importantly, a set of tactics, techniques, and procedures to make a real difference in our wonderful volunteer state. 
Like I mentioned, I will not be in there in person, but will be attending virtually. I hope to interact with as many of you online that I can if that functionality is available. But moving on to campaign news, as I mentioned in the weekend update, I've reserved a conference room at the Seymour branch of the Sevier County Public Library for the 6th of September. I will be freshly back from what will be my final coaching engagement in the Permian Basin for the remainder of the election cycle. Of course, depending on how the election turns out will determine when I will return to working with a client down there in Texas. I have shared this meet and greet event on my social media pages and my website. If you are a resident of Tennessee House District 12 here in Sevier County, please make plans to attend this event. I am looking forward to hosting more of these events all the way up until Election Day in November. I am also looking forward to getting out in the community and meeting people once the primary elections are over with later this week. Some patriots from all over the state have already reached out to me for volunteer opportunities as we get closer to the election. I am so thankful for them. If you live here in Sevier County and are interested in volunteering for the campaign, just send me an email. The email address is larry-for-tn12 at protonmail.com. There are plenty of opportunities to work with the campaign in September, October, and all the way up until Election Day on November 8th. I hope many of you had the opportunity to tune in and listen to my guest appearance on the Biblical Worldview Talk Show this past weekend. It was on Talk Radio 92.3 and AM 760 WETR Knoxville. The host, Mr. Richard May, is a true gentleman and a new friend. I'm looking forward to being on his show again in the coming months. If you did not get a chance to hear the show, I will be uploading it on the podcast and the webpage as soon as I get the MP3 file sent to me. Richard and I talked a great deal about my platform and how it is a desperately needed change in our halls of government. From states' rights guaranteed in our federal constitution and how that same federal government has far exceeded its limitations set forth in their enumerated powers. We also discuss school boards and how they are the body of government closest to the people that now regularly ignores the will of the people. And that isn't just happening in the big cities, but it's happening here in Sevier County. Speaking of the Sevier County Board of Education, do you think Chairman McClure has answered the questions I posed to him on the 21st of June? Six weeks now. Of course he hasn't answered the very simple questions I asked. And I'll let you know what they were. I asked if the board is ever apprised by the school district's purchasing agent of specific curricula the district is looking at to purchase. I also asked if the board has ever advised on the different companies that the purchasing agent is soliciting bids from. Another question that I asked Chairman McClure was if any of the board members provide input as to which curriculum companies to avoid and which to engage with. In other words, do the board members themselves ever exercise any due diligence with regards to their duties? Remember, their oaths of office state this, I, so-and-so, do solemnly swear that I will perform with fidelity the duties of the office to which I have been elected and which I am about to assume. I do solemnly swear to support the constitutions of Tennessee and the United States and to faithfully perform the duties of the office of member of the Board of Education representing whatever education school board district of Sevier County, Tennessee. So help me God. Perform with fidelity. Now, fidelity has several different meanings. It can mean strict observance of promises, duties, or etc. It can also mean loyalty, 
Also, it can mean accuracy or exactness, and this is just among several other definitions. If a member of the school board is not performing their duties with fidelity, a strict observance of duties, in this case, and according to their own policy, which states, the Severe County Board of Education is an instrument of the state and members of the board are state officers representing local citizens and the state in the management of the public schools in Sevier County. Their own policies further explain the governing body shall be the Sevier County Board of Education serving residents within the boundaries of Sevier County and non-residents under conditions specified by law and the board. The Board of Education's unresponsiveness to local citizens and residents in their management of public schools in Sevier County means they are violating their oaths of office. If they are not exercising due diligence in the management of the public schools and overseeing the purchases of curriculum, it is another way they are violating their oaths of office. They are definitely not loyal to the citizens and residents of Sevier County as evidenced by their hiding behind a school district employee. They are loyal to their employees, not their employers. In my response to Chairman McClure, and since I was discussing the very specific SEL curriculum that comes from Castle, I asked if the board was ever presented with different options that the purchasing agent was soliciting bids from. I'm pretty sure regular listeners can figure out for themselves what the answers to those questions are. Separate from those and other questions about the SEL curriculum, I also asked the chairman if he could forward to me the specific advice that the board's legal counsel provided to the board members and told them to not meet with voters under the guise of they may be violating sunshine laws. That seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Sunshine laws are put into place to increase transparency of government actions, not hide it. Six weeks now without an answer to any of those questions. Heck, without so much as an acknowledgement that he received the email. Well, I have decided to go the open records request route once again with the Board of Education. I sent them an open records request based upon the board using Mr. Tony Ogle as their mouthpiece with the voters again. Mind you, Mr. Ogle is neither an elected member of the Board of Education, nor does he serve in a position that is appointed by the Board of Education. He is just an employee of the school district that is not accountable to the residents and the taxpayers here in Sevier County. It's just another example of their cowardice. For the members of the board to be so unresponsive to their employers, us taxpayers, violating their oaths of office. And remember, when they do that, that is a sign of one of two things. Ignorance or corruption. I believe we are all seeing which of the two that is by now. In the state of Tennessee, the law states that the agency has seven business days in which to respond to an open records request. I transmitted my request on the 28th of July. That means they have until the 8th of September to respond. Now, mind you, I also transmitted it to every member of the Board of Education as well as the interim superintendent of schools. We'll see if they reply or I have to go further into the legal routes. I'm also still gathering information that I believe the voters here in Sevier County should be aware of as it relates to the Board of Education and their policies. Once I have all the data and information I need, I will make it quite public. 
and probably quite uncomfortable for some people. Please do not forget about the meet and greet I have scheduled for the 6th of September. It's on a Tuesday. Again, it will take place at the Seymour branch of the Sevier County Public Library from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I will also be arranging some more of these events at other venues all throughout the county and throughout the months of September and October. Follow the campaign's social media pages to keep up to date with the events. I will put them out on those pages as soon as they are scheduled and will also be including them in the monthly newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter to get more detailed information on the campaign as well as other current events. Speaking of which, the August newsletter will be coming out shortly, most likely by mid-next week. But for now, let's move on to how the communists, the new aristocracy, and their useful idiots have been redefining words and terms. In other words, lying. All to serve their goals of obtaining and maintaining power. There are many such examples we can use, and let's break down the why behind them. We can take the term foreign aid that has been tossed about quite frequently by the federal government and their useful idiots since early February this year. But it really doesn't just apply to this year, but the terms used for many years now. It really is not foreign aid when you actually look at it. In the case of Ukraine, which has received more than $54 billion of taxpayer money since the start of Russia's war on that country. Yes, $54 billion in under six months. While the blue checkmark crowd, along with the fact checkers and people that put the I stand with Ukraine in their profile pictures and their Ukrainian flag all over the internet, they're bashing a private citizen for bidding $44 billion of his own money to purchase a social media company. Our own government, which hates us, by the way, is robbing the taxpayers in this country blind and placing us all further into debt by spending more than that. And for what purpose? Well, for the lie that foreign aid really is. It is a money laundering scheme that only benefits the people in power that receive the so-called foreign aid, as well as the new aristocracy in our own country. Is it benefiting the taxpayers in any way? Absolutely not. In fact, it has a detrimental effect. The more the government spends the money it is just printing, the effect is on inflation, which hurts the taxpayers in this country. So that is the first redefining of terms that we must all understand. Foreign aid is really new aristocracy money laundering to the detriment of the people they were elected to serve and only for their benefit. Next time you see or hear anybody talking about Elon Musk and how the $44 billion he bid to purchase Twitter could better help alleviate poverty all over the planet, point out to them that the government spending more than that to help out another corrupt government on the other side of the world is a real crime against humanity. And that's $54 billion in aid to just one country. Add up all of the other so-called foreign aid our government sends to other countries and passes the bill along to us taxpayers. Do you see why we desperately need a change at all levels in government in our republic? This foreign aid is only meant to buy their influence in other countries. It doesn't benefit you and I. The new aristocracy at the state and federal level don't spend money like a drunken sailor. Believe me, I know. I used to be a drunken sailor many, many years ago, 
But you know what happened when I ran out of money? I stopped spending it because I didn't have any more to spend. That's not the way government operates. It spends money like it is other people's money because it is. There is no concern with how much and how often the new aristocracy spends money because it doesn't come directly out of their pockets. It comes out of ours. It comes out of our children's and our grandchildren's and our great-grandchildren's. So what about another term that has been bandied about lately that's been redefined? A great example would be the communists and their useful idiots calling events family-friendly. Just a few years, heck, even a few months ago, if a family was looking to go to an entertainment venue with their children, they, the responsible parents, would check to see if the event is family-friendly so they could bring their children. Not so anymore, don't you think? Transgender strip clubs where children are on video being escorted up and down the catwalk with scantily clad men pretending to be women. These same mentally ill people encouraging children to stuff dollar bills down their G-strings. Just this past weekend in Blunt County, right next door to my beloved Sevier County, a quote-unquote family-friendly event was held in Merville. At this blunt pride event, they had a drag story time. A story time where drag queens read the story Julian is a Mermaid to children in the audience. The story is about a boy who wants to become a mermaid and participate in the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. After story time was over, what happened? Well, drag queens had a dance party where they danced provocatively in front of an audience of children. Kids brought there by parents. Ladies and gentlemen, that is child abuse. Would parents bring their children to a heterosexual style strip club where men or women who are not suffering from a mental illness and pretending to be something they aren't took off their clothes and danced provocatively for tips? How is a drag queen dance party in public any different? I question not only the morals of parents who would expose their children to this mental illness in an effort to normalize crazy, but the morality of government leaders that would allow this in public. This happened right on the courthouse steps in Mervo. Is this how you want your elected officials to act in protecting children from exposure to this filth, to this sexualization? I also question why this insatiable desire by these mentally ill people to perform for children. Never mind parents committing child abuse, but drag queens hosting events targeting children. Why? Well, because family-friendly is the new definition for the term grooming. Children are being forced to become comfortable with the topic of sexuality in government schools and a normalizing mental illness, all so they can be groomed. Plain and simple. And speaking of simple, in this case simple-minded, the extreme commie new aristocrat AOC is even calling these mentally ill people patriots. The new aristocracy likes to create little subgroups of victims, then build them up so they can be turned into the latest group of useful idiots to further promote government control, and the erosion of liberty. I hope you also notice that AOC is trying to redefine the word patriot in her latest puffery when talking to a group of mentally ill men in women's clothing. 
Some with so much makeup on they look like clowns. And not the funny circus clowns either. Stephen King style clowns. Like you find in a storm sewer enticing children to come play with them. Which is essentially what they are doing right now all over the country. And they are being enabled in their efforts by the commies in government and parents that are going to extremes to prove their wokeness. Don't think you can escape quote-unquote family-friendly events at churches either. Just the other day at Grace Episcopalian Church in New York, a drag queen was invited to do a show in the church's school for children. Did you hear that? A church's school for children. An absolutely disgusting perversion of the message about God's love. If this occurs at a church you attend, you're not attending a Christian church. You are in an occult that worships man trying to replace God and God's word. So what does that bring us to so far? Foreign aid is government money laundering and family friendly is child grooming. What's next? How about in order to raise God's creation of man and woman as two separate genders and to further promote the special class of mentally ill people in our nation as the latest protected class of useful idiots, we now have birthing person replacing the word woman and non-birthing person replacing the word man, giving credence to people with a mental illness. And this is a two-pronged approach as well, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned, these terms are used to try and erase God and his creation from our language. And it's to gather the support of the mentally ill people in this group and all of their woke supporters. A two-pronged approach that works to solidify government and the new aristocracy as the creator, protector, and savior of society. Rather than money laundering $54 billion through another country in the state of desire protecting its borders, wouldn't the taxpayers' money be better spent here at home treating this rampant mental illness and locking up pedophiles and child sex traffickers? Why do you think this filth is peddled so much in our government schools now? Well, it's to increase the ranks of the new specially protected class of mentally ill pretenders. Well, I think we have time for just one more redefined term, and it is one that it hits everybody. Just last week, it was reported that for the second quarter in a row, our country experienced negative growth in GDP, or gross domestic product. For many years now, in fact, as long as recession has been around, that was the definition of an economy in recession. The usurper and chief's director of the National Economics Council came out to the podium at the White House last week and stated this, quote, Two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of recession. It is not the definition that economists have traditionally relied on. There is an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research, and what they do is look at a broad range of data in deciding whether or not a recession has occurred, unquote. Now, that is quite different than what this same man said in 2008. Back then, he said that the technical definition of a recession is, in fact, two consecutive quarters of GDP contraction. Well, what has changed? Why has Brian Deese changed his tune? Well, his boss's poll numbers are driving the change in terms. The lie. The redefining of a recession. 
Meanwhile, you and I are actually feeling a recession, aren't we? What the new aristocracy is trying to do with this redefining of terms is the proverbial lie to the people by urinating on our heads and telling us it's raining. You have to pay special attention when the government or their useful idiots start redefining terms. It has an agenda behind it. That agenda always has the erosion of our liberties at its heart, too. I will leave you with this quote from Glenn Beck before I close the show this week. Glenn said this, quote, Under Biden alone, the left has tried to redefine woman, fetus, domestic terrorist, insurrection, voter suppression, illegal alien, anti-police, and now recession. What a strategy. When you lose an argument, just change the dictionary. Unquote. Spot on, isn't it? Well, this week's wisdom from God's Word comes to us from Psalms 10:7. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are on the tips of their tongues. For generations now, the mouths of our elected officials have been full of cursing, lies, and threats. Lies about the economy, lies about the border, lies about the vaccine, lies about nearly everything threatening to punish children in government schools unless their depravity is allowed to flourish among the most innocent among us. I could go on and on, and that would just cover the past two years. They curse and slander citizens, from whom all their governing power is derived, by the way. They threaten each and every one of us through the withholding of our own sweat equity from us. The new aristocracy has become quite adept at using our tax dollars, our sweat equity, our liberty, as the carrot and stick to get compliance with whatever program they implement to exert more and more control over our daily lives. States can stand in the gap between the federal government and us, and they're refusing. And only trouble and evil come from their lips, all in their pursuit of complete control over what is supposed to be their source of governing power, we the people. Our nation has allowed this to happen through our apathy. That apathy that is facilitated and encouraged by the new aristocracy and their useful idiots. Each citizen of this great republic has a responsibility, a duty to be engaged every time in our self-governance. The more the apathy sets in, the more of our liberties will be eroded until our children and our grandchildren and all future generations will never know the beauty of the grand design of this constitutional republic. What they learn about our country's great founding will be completely different from what they experience in their daily lives. We are already at that point, and it will take every one of us to take a stand in the arena in the defense of our founding principles, our Christian founding principles. Until next week, Stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.